Hi, I'm Maura Kolb. I'm the Director of Exploration from Treasury Metals. Um, our project is located in Dryden, Ontario. Uh, we are working to get to a construction decision by the end of 2023. Um, but my team is really focused on growing the project. We have a 65 kilometer strike length here, 330 uh, square kilometers, very little exploration ever on it. So the, the growth potential here is huge. So as we work on bringing this project to a production decision, the team here on site is focused on growing the project. So kind of two parallel streams to see, you know, if we can make a, a new a new gold camp here in Dryden. Maura, thank you so much for the introduction. Yeah. Nice to see you again. Nice uh, the you. last the last time we spoke uh, was back in April, and you had just uh, published the resource update. Um, and I'm just thinking the market hadn't really started to turn, had it? You know, the gold price was still uh, probably above $1,800 an ounce at that time, and it's now um, below $1,700 an ounce. Um, and the markets had this huge shakeout. You, you got another $20 million in the company, and you've had a, a really active um, program since that time. Now, I know you're in charge of the exploration, but just, um, I think, could we start, could you just give me a kind of a, a recap of the resource base as it is? And then we can kind of, um, I, want to go, I want to go in two different directions. One is to look at the work that you're going to be doing over the next year to get that resource closer to that final construction decision and also the, uh, the work along the camp. So um, could we start with, could you give me a kind of a recap of the resource as it was when you published it in, in April earlier this year? Certainly. Um, between measured, indicated and inferred, we have 3 million ounces. Um, we have about a million at Goliath and Goldland that would be measured and indicated each. Um, so that gives us a good base to start working on the reserves. And so in April, that's where we really kicked everything off to begin mine design planning um, and how we could put this put these two projects into production. Lots of work went on, on in terms of metallurgical. Uh, we did some geotechnical programs. So we were doing geotechnical drilling here on uh, both Goliath and Goldland. Um, man, it's been so, a busy year. Sorry, so, the, so the, you, you've moved into the um, geotechnical drilling and the metallurgical tech work, um, test work since the resource update was done. Yes, yes, since the resource update was done um, and amalgamating all of that into the pre-feasibility study, which we are, you know, very close to finalizing now and putting out, um, you know, as technical people dotting I's crossing T's, we would like to already have it out, but uh, got to make sure it's it's good to go. So, okay. So, so the plan is to get the feasibility, the, the pre-feasibility study out now. -ish. By the end of the year. Yeah. By the end of the year. And then when you talk about a construction decision in Q4 next year, does that mean the team's working for a feasibility study or, or when you talk about construction decision, are you referring to something else? We are working on a feasibility study. Um, so we're kind of in parallel right now. We've kicked off the resource work for the feasibility study. Some of the things we've we wanted to add into the feasibility study was this uh, additional geotechnical work, the metallurgical work. And then we um, we have silver and gold at Goliath but we, did never, we never tested for silver at Goldland. So uh, we sent about 30,000 samples um, from Goldland to the lab over this year. Um, and we've just been including that into the resource. So the team here is working on tiny tweaks to the wireframes and making sure all of the, the new data that's been coming in is integrated into those resource models so that we can run them again and, and begin the feasibility study kind of in parallel. A, a pre-feasibility study normally is the time when you do your trade-off studies, when you, um, you kind of 
optimize the size of the plant or you decide that you make the decision this is the size of the plant that we're going to run with this is the um the throughput that we're going to work with uh this is the mining schedule and you also typically uh settle on the resource that you're going to be working with is 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 that the case i mean are you comfortable that the resource that you're uh, that you updated in um april may have a little bit of incorporated kind of tweaks kind of around the edges to it but is that essentially this is that the resource which is going to be studied in the feasibility study or are there changes uh going, significant changes going to be made uh, no merlin no significant changes that's that's really the resource that we have going into the uh feasibility study with the addition of silver at goldland um we didn't do right. any additional drilling since um the beginning of 2021 for the resource. So we had a few outstanding holes, I believe it's 30 in total, um, but they will just change, um, they'll, they'll just infill. They're, they're not gonna make any yeah. significant changes. So so we won't see it, you know, any surprises in terms of that. Okay, so the envelope is roughly gonna stay the same. Uh, I was just having a look in your presentation and you've got some kind of pit shelves in there and you've got some underground plans. Presumably the feasibility study is gonna be based on this, uh, the open pits, one at Goliath and one at Goldland. Is that maybe even one at um, Miller as well, possibly? So yes, you've got... there'll be three open pits: one at Goliath, one Goldland, and and one at Miller. Uh, there'll be underground uh, workings as well for uh, Goliath. We do have high grade shoots there that support underground uh, mining as well. So the the details will come out in, in the study shortly, but it'll be a mix of of those different feeds. And then the and, mill is is here at Goliath. And you've got the you've got the un, you've got the underground drilled out enough to be able to incorporate that into the feasibility study. Yes, yes, we have uh, it, it drilled off really quite well, um, and that was a big focus for us on on Goliath last year was infilling kind of the edges and making sure we really had the the high grade shoots defined enough and and you know no big opportunities to to add. And um, there's always that trimming of the once you've got your kind of inferred resource. Um, or your measured indicator in the third resource, there's always that um, what fits into a mine plan, what fits into an open pit, and then what kind of fits into a, uh, a proposed underground development. When I had a quick look at Goliath, it seemed as if you've got about 800,000 ounces, which kind of falls in the pit, which is presumably the first, I don't know, uh, five to 10 years of production. We'll, we'll actually tighten up the pit to really focus more on the higher grade material within it, and then go underground from there. Um, I think the ore body leans itself nicely to underground um, development. It's quite steeply dipping. Uh, mm -hmm. It's pretty continuous and and visually you can see where it is. You go from a, a halo alteration into um, a very defined sulfide mineralization. So, you know, I think it'll be quite nice for underground mining. <laughs> Having done it in the past, I think <laughs> this one will be pretty easy to follow. <laughs> um, and since, since we're on that, just just the, the a brief description of the geology. I, um, it's mostly quartz veining, isn't it? Um, and it's kind of associated with sh um, shearing and pyrite. So uh, Goldland is related to quartz veining. So it's on the edge of a granite intrusion and mafic to intermediate uh, volcanics. Um, and we have competency contrast there, creating big openings, um, three different vein sets, but they're really well concentrated along that contact. So we get a high grade zone that we can, um, we can wireframe and 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 really follow, and then uh, more diffuse zones outside of that, and you'll see those in the open pit. So there's additional zones that have pyrite in the wall rock and, and stockwork veining. So that's Goldland, and then at Goliath, we're in a kind of a failed VMS system 
where really the mineralization is defined by intense sulfides. So you'll see um, spalerate, galena, um, and, and um, pyrite, and that's where you have the mineralization. The abundance of that really indicates to us whether we're in a higher grade or area. Um, that's surrounded by intense sericite and silicification alteration. Um, we kind of joke at site, at Goliath, the rock kind of looks like zebra stripes. So we have biotite and sericite alteration, um, but you know you're in the zone when you're in that sericite alteration zone. At Goldland? At Goliath. At Goliath. Do they, do they behave differently metallurgically? Do you, I mean, are you going to, mm -hmm. you know, how, how, how do you tackle those different kind of mineralogies? Well, they both have, um, they're fairly easy to, to mine. Um, we'll be doing um, gravity CIL. Uh, for, for both. And we have, you know, potentially acid generating at Goliath and, and non-acid generating at Goldland. So there's some opportunities too for blending that ore. In terms of mineralogy, they both have pyrite, uh, but yes, definitely different accessories because they're formed in totally different um, systems. But, but so far they, they, they've been testing well together. So, so just, just, just to recap, the, the process flow sheet is uh, crush and grind. And there's, mm -hmm. a, there's a portion of the gold, which is um free so that when you've yeah. um once you've liberated the rock it can separate nicely on with gravity so that's the, the kind of the gravity portion of your flow sheet you'll you'll, yeah. you'll get a component of the gold which comes out under gravity and then the you, you're not doing flotation you're, you're just going straight into or you are doing flotation there is a flotation portion yes so you'll you'll get a sulfide con that comes out and then that goes into a carbon leach process exactly Exactly. Do you get kind of similar recoveries from, from Goliath and uh, Goldland? Yes, me all the hard questions. Uh, slightly different, but I don't remember them off the top of my head. Have Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm taking okay. down a, a, a metallurgical route. When <laughs> That's okay. Um, I just should have brought uh, my sidekick, our project director. He'd have the answers <laughs> like that. <laughs> Not at all. Interesting, interesting, interesting. And um, so the, the work that you're doing at the moment, you said you were doing some uh, geotech work, but also doing some metallurgical test work is that are you drilling kind of pq holes or are you taking bulk samples how are you getting the representative samples that you're going to be doing the metallurgical test work on that was all earlier in the year but kind of around the same time as we put out the resource um so we were doing some deeper holes for um underground kind of how how long we can make our stope uh strike length um to kind of understand that and just wrapped up uh, had, had the rock engineers here finishing logging that. Um, and then the metallurgical testing has kind of been ongoing just to see if we can improve the recoveries um, and, and understand how they will blend. Um, so that, that's all been wrapped up into the PFS. And I believe there's additional stuff going into the FS for, for outstanding questions, but that, that'll that all come out soon. So <laughs> I don't want to spill the beans. Uh, no, no. Um, and presumably once the the PFS is out, then you're going to have to, um, as part of the feasibility study, you're going to have to go in and do more infill drilling and really kind of de-risk the the kind of the mine schedule and kind of get as much of this into reserve category as possible. We've uh, we've been around for quite a while and done some of this this work in the past with the you know um, Goldland being part of Tamaka and then First Mining and and we owning Goliath ourselves for a long time. So there's not a lot more to do on those fronts. There'll be some around, you know, where we're putting the buildings and, and kind of making sure that, uh, that side of the engineering is, is, is good to go, but things are very, very far advanced. Um, so it's kind of been doing our work early that would go into the feasibility study. Um, and, and that's, 
you know, all kind of guns are blazing on that front. I see you've got, um, I can't remember where, 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 where I read it, but you've got kind of 540,000 meters of drilling already um, on the project, which is uh, mm -hmm. a fair few drill holes. You must have a pretty big core shed. Yeah, you know, it's kind of the most amazing place I've seen in terms of the storage. So when we wanted to go back and sample that silver, um, all of the pulps and rejects were stored inside. We were able to use those rather than having to go out to core. But for any of the other test work we've done this year and last year, um, we were able to just go back to core. It's all stored really, really nicely. Um, so kind of a blessing, not something you have everywhere. But all of that drilling was really focused on the two main deposits, the Goliath and Goldland. So, you know, that's where the huge opportunity to grow this and, and particularly find high grade, um, you know, is in is lurking. When you talk about high grade, what do you mean? Because the, kind of, there seems to be a relatively consistent grade here between 0.75 and 1.1 grams per ton kind of across. Maybe some areas are um, you've got some measured indicated at 1.3 grams a ton. But, you know, in that kind of 0.7 to 1.3 kind of band, that's where most of the resources tend to lie. Well, you know what, to be honest, I think the most exciting thing here isn't the two deposit styles we've found. Um, it's actually the load, the, the Archean load gold potential that's in the belt. Um, typically when you're in a camp like this, you would find the gold lens sort of material first because it's on these rocks that don't erode. So they stick out, they're easy to find by prospectors. But, you know, if you look at, I'm going to use Red Lake because I was there for eight years, they found those deposits first. Later, in further exploration, they found the really high-grade vein-style mineralization in your, you know, um, greenstones. That's what got me excited. That's actually why I moved from Red Lake here, was the opportunity to go find the big one, the high-grade. So what we're just really searching for um, with this year's program is more like 10-gram material because that would give us a step change. You know, we have two deposits that are well-defined at basically a gram. And that's interesting, but should be a whole lot better if we also had some 10 gram material around to sweeten the deal. So, you know, that's my team's entire focus is where would we have high grade on this property? And like when I joined last year, that was our, our main focus was to say, okay, I'm pulling, I pulled an entire geologist away and myself and we said, okay, Let's think about generative exploration and where we would have this because it only helps our story if we can bring in, um, you know, the elephant that should be here um, to have VMS system, to have that kind of first find of an Archean system and have some base metal showings on the property. It tells me that we have a pretty fruitful system. So the sooner we could find that elephant, I think the better off the, the company will be. And it kind of brings us into that potential for a gold camp here in the Dryden area. I remember very clearly from the first interview, loving the exploration potential um yeah. i i i always struggle with kind of relatively low-grade material um you know it has to be exceptional you need to have exceptional metallurgy and exceptional infrastructure for kind of one gram material to really work as a uh, as a project so absolutely the uh, the the opportunity to sweeten the the operation with uh let's call it some 10 gram material or kind of a, a meaningful lump of that, that would be great. So um, could you, uh, you, you said you've got some maps to hand. Okay. Okay. Let me figure which one I'm going to show you the Goliath property first. Yeah. So this is the Goliath property. So I'm, I'm actually sitting up here uh, at the office. Um, you kind of mentioned before with, with one gram material, you really need great infrastructure. Well, let me just remind everyone where we are. The Trans-Canada Highway is right here. All the mining equipment for every other project drives past our site. We have rail 
right here. The power line goes right through our property, almost next to where the future mill will be. So like in terms of infrastructure, we're kind of lucky mm. that way. Um, the Goliath deposits here in that BMS system. Um, to me, I thought, okay, where would we have an Archean high-grade deposit? Well, you know, you look for folds, you look for unconformities, you look for competency contrast, you look for uh, fault splaying. So we started looking at that. And some of the best hits on the property historically, um, they did some exploration back in 2012 with, with Treasury. And some of the best hits on the property were in the fold nose. Um, hits like 17.5 grams over a meter and a half. Um, last year, we drilled 10 grams over 10 meters in the fold nose when we did our first kind of initial exploration, kind of truthing of this target. Um, and from there, we've spent a lot of time um, going back, relogging all the core that was available, trying to understand the different styles of, of mineralization that were there um, and looking for how to interpret this and what orientation the high grade shoots will be at. Because in a mm. fold, you typically have not a big continuous ore body, but something that's high grade and typically typically plunging. Um, so we did quite a bit of, of homework on that and I'll tell you a little bit more, but let me talk about the other targets that are on the Goliath property. Um, Fold nose that I mentioned is a few kilometers away from where the future mill will be, so very close. And if we can find that 10 gram material up here, it's a quick drive on existing roads over to where the mill will be, which is right here at the tip of where Goliath is. Mm -hmm. um, we did some initial test working on these other targets, Southridge, just prospecting, um, South Syncline, Gawson. Uh, Far East had been drilled in 2012 as well with four drill holes. Um, the last one just clipped the Goliath host rock. Um, it has quite a bit of cover over there. So there's quite a bit of, um, of glacial till. So, you know, you can't find it prospecting. Um, however, we went back in last year, started drilling that in the winter, uh, followed up into early part of this year as well. Um, and we ended up clipping something pretty interesting. Um, we have about 600 meters strike length. Um, defined so far, and it looks just like Goliath. So it's the same alteration, it's the same um, mineralization that we talked about just a few minutes ago. Um, and then we also had uh, 0.3 meters at 500 grams per ton. So potential for a high grade shoot. Um, I don't know if we chatted about this Merlin, but Goliath does have high grade shoots within it, but it's in a big mm. low grade overall envelope. So, you know, doing exploration now, on a similar target, we're gonna go after the high grade shoots and kind of leave, not define the entire halo because that's not really what we're after. We wanna go can, define those you, high grade you, shoots. Sorry? But you can use you can use the halo as a vector to, to, to bring you. If you clip the, the the halo, if you clip the alteration, you can say, right, we're in the zone. Now now let's vector in on the on the um the high grade portions of it. Um, exactly. when you were describing the the kind of the quartz veining and the competitive contrast um, for Goliath in that kind of uh, earlier, that indicated that there were high grade shoots. And if you could get those to stack up or kind of can, uh, if you can build continuity on those, that's, that can add ounces. Absolutely. And at Fold Nose, we believe we have about four of these high grade shoots that we are targeting, um, one of which we have two hits in already. Um, now, we did a bunch of work over the summer, kind of boring, interpretive boots on the ground, the stuff geologists love, but maybe not everybody else finds exciting. Um, and now we actually just ramped up drilling again, and we've 
the core came in this morning, so I haven't seen it yet, but we were, we were following up on uh, one of those shoots that we have two hits in. So we think we have the orientation pegged. Um, this overall folding system, um, the Goliath high grade shoots are the same orientation as the fold axis. Um, so our hypothesis that we're testing now is that that high grade shoot orientation may um, replicate across the entire property. And again, I'm gonna use Red Lake as an example, but I've seen this in Red Lake. If you see the high grade zone there, all the other high grade zones that were in Campbell mine as well have that orientation. If you look at the mm. HGYoung deposit, same orientation. So you're looking at about 10 kilometers where that high grade plunge you know, continues. So we're using that same sort of hypothesis here because we've seen that lineation, that plunge throughout the entire property. Um, and it seems to hold true so far. So that's what we'll be testing at the fold nose. And at the far east where we clipped the high grade, what we believe the high grade shoot is, we'll be following up on that as well in our, our next drill program. Um, I, I mentioned before that area is a bit wetter. So we have to wait. It has a lot of till. We have to wait until we get colder ground um, frozen, which won't be long and then we'll be drilling that target as well. It's my favorite target and definitely like our CEO, Jeremy, this is his very favorite target. It's interlakes. So we were just looking down here at Goliath part of the property and then the rest of our 65 kilometer strike length. Um, we're looking here and this uh, red box here. Most of Goliath, uh, most of Goldland is kind of train track stratigraphy, very straight up and down. Um, we have those intrusions, like I mentioned before that we have the gold mineralization on the on the contact of. Um, what's kind of most exciting about this interlakes area is that that stratigraphy then sits between two plutons. You can see them nicely in the geophysics. It gets very tightly folded and complicated. And gold seems to love these areas where you have complications, more folding and faulting. Um, it makes for good traps for high grade. And again, we really we really do want to sweeten the pot here, so we're looking for high grade. Um, potential to add to our, our mine plan. Um, so what we've done, um, we, we have a bunch of geophysical data here. We, we prospected all last year and into this year on this one. Um, and we've worked with Mira Geoscience to do a 3D inversion of that data, create a, a geologic model, um, and then use that to do prospectivity on where the targets will be. Um, Mercedes on the team right now is planning the drill holes that we want to drill in this target area. Um, we're, we're getting the, um, the team to create a trail. I think the only reason this hasn't been drilled um, in the past by, by First Mining or, or Tamaka um, was just because it's a little bit harder to get to. So there, the existing road is, is here, um, about a kilometer away from the 72 highway that goes all the way up this, the uh, our property to the northeast, um, but no existing trails. We're quite spoiled here. We have all this logging in the area. So we tend to go and drill targets that are, you know, literally right off the road. Uh, so I think that's the only reason this one hasn't been tested because it's kind of a geologist's dream. Hang on, just um, can I ask a couple of questions about that image? Um, so the, the the light blue colors, that's, is that water? And is the, are those lakes preferentially formed on erosional features, which are the intrusions? Yes, they, they seem to be um, going right over top of the intrusions. And then this tight folding area um, is actually a, a bit of a ridge. I can see the intrusion on the south or the western side, which is that lovely circular feature um, with what looks like a, kind of a slight magnetic um, kind of, well, it's, it, it, you, can just, you can see the circular feature very clearly. I can't see the intrusion, the second intrusion that you're talking about. It's, it's right through here. Um, 
this uh, green as well, it kind of takes some of this lake and then the other portion of the lake does go over top of our fold here. Okay, gotcha. And so the, other, up there. the other thing I can see, I don't know whether it's a feature of the data or whether it's actually a geological feature, but I can see in the middle of your red box um, on the main image, a kind of very strong vertical uh, kind of north-south. Kind of north-south structure. Yeah, yes. there's something really interesting going on there. It was the, kind of the first thing that Mira brought up to us and we said, yeah, we don't understand why exactly, but there's this very strong north-south feature. It seems to be uh, a big fault structure. It's kind of probably our, our deepest seated structure from doing the 3D inversion. Um, but then there's other in intersecting faults as well that go along that. So that's definitely getting a few drill holes to target that because we think that could be a real source for fluids coming through the, the area. And the, the ridge you talked about, is that just to the east of that? Uh, it's actually where these uh, lows are. There's little ridges along them. So um, kind, kind of interesting. Uh, silicious so features. Silicious features, yeah. yeah. So we're, we're going to be testing the competency contrast through here um, as well as the default structure for bringing in fluids. So we've got... We just went through this a couple of days ago. I think we've got about eight or so holes planned right now. Um, and the team's kind of going back and forth on where we like these the best. And, and we've worked, do I have the next slide? Yeah. Um, kind of some of the, the work with Mira of, of going through the model that was created using that, using all of the, the products that come from doing a, a 3D inversion, um, which is using all your, your different geophysical data and, and creating this model, um, and then honing in on the structures. So. Oh. Look at look at that structure. I mean, they're they're just classic rotated blasts, really, aren't they? Kind of um, exactly. exactly. I can it see looks... the I, I can see the second uh, intrusion beautifully there. That's that's uh, um, uh, interesting. And that that north south feature comes up the eastern side of that. Um, it's almost of that the, the smaller intrusion, and you could almost, um, almost kind of put on a kind of a readle kind of system onto that ductile. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah that, exactly. In, into the realms of geofantasy, I, 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 I fall. Um, it's uh, it's a fun place to be. <laughs> yeah. So, what's the what's the, do you have? Have you got um, kind of ground truthing uh, support for this? In addition to the siliceous prominent ridges, you know, have you got um, geochemistry? Have you got rock samples that kind of give an indication that you're into a uh, preferentially enriched area so so yes we spent kind of honed in on this last summer and we spent the last half of the field season out there combing the forest uh, we did find some mineralized samples um, some previous trenching and I didn't mention yet but there are some historic drill holes on these mag highs we're actually at a um a terrain kind of a boundary here so we are at an unconformity um, and along these mag highs there was some historic drilling um, only 30 meter depth holes, uh, 14 gram over a meter posted within them. So definitely some juice in the area, um, some trenches there that have uh, sulfide mineralization. Um, so, so yes, we've, we've seen some of the ground truthing. Some of the areas have more cover than others. One of the things with Goldland is we have the intrusions that kind of stick out, but then the mafic rocks uh, have more weathering over top of them. So thank you very that. much. You've also got, so you, we've just been talking about the Intellects area, but you've got tens of kilometers to the Northeast. How are you uh, exploring that portion? So we've kind of, last year we did this big targeting exercise thinking of, you know, where 
are any potential targets that would host gold or base metals or the VMS kind of gold system. Um, and then we decided to rank them all. So you have to be pretty strategic about what you're looking for and think of how you want to do your ranking scheme. So for us, we, we said, okay, what's the size of the prize? Um, what are the geologic features? How good do they look? Um, and then what will be the timeline to get this into production? Um, logistics, because, you know, we're in Northwestern Ontario. We don't want to drill on top of lakes. Um, it can be challenging in swampy areas, all of that. But our logistics here are pretty excellent in terms of the, the roads and trails we have. So we're lucky that way. Um, and then risk, geologic risk, social risk, environmental risk. And that's how we've ranked them. So we kind of set up a matrix, ranked all those targets, and, and the cream kind of easily wrote, floats to the top there. So the targets that we're going after um, that it made them at highest priority, Gold Nose, Far East, this Interlakes area, all because they have the potential for high mm -hmm. grade and or we understand them really well. So I think with the Far East, that looks just like Goliath. I actually brought core to meet the community the other week and confused which sample was which because they look exactly the same. So we, we think we can use the knowledge we have on Goliath to bring yeah. that one into resource quickly. In fact, that's our goal is to put out a resource on the Far East next year with the FS study to say, okay, look, we've only done generative exploration for a year-ish and we found something, we made a discovery, we brought it to resource. But um, you're... You're not yet. Uh, you, 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 I, you're not yet at the kind of that point where you could say um, you're definitely going to get a resource at, at Forest. Well, not definitely a high grade one anyway. You might. Um, you, you may be comfortable that you can get a uh, a bulk mineable target or kind of a, a low grade resource, but you haven't kind of got the. And I'm, I'm yeah. always slightly cautious about this concept about making a discovery because normally a discovery is only understood in retrospect and so you can look back and say oh that was the hole where it all started hanging together but um it doesn't feel as if you're you've made a discovery yet at far east even though you've got lots and lots of good signals yeah well we we have drilled i think it's three fourth sorry it's four thousand meters there um on that target to find 600 meters of strike length um the width of goliath itself is 150 meters wide we've seen that alteration halo through the drilling we have so far so we kind of did a fence along and then across to see if we had the geometry so now it'll be yeah. really be a test this this winter to see if it holds together i think we've honed in on where the high grade shoot will be based on the geometries um and and i think it's our best shot to have a resource i would love to have one at fold nose but we have a lot more geologic work to do and that's what we spent the summer um, really focused on was Let's use the data we have. Let's not um, only use the drill bit because there are lots of tools that are our fingertips as geologists. Um, but we tend to often go to that drill bit first. Um, it saves us a lot of money if we, you know, use the geophysics, use the geochemistry, yeah, yeah. go out and map it. You know, all yeah. that stuff saves you a lot of money. So we, we, we did that. We actually turned off the drills and said, you know, we're just going to stop and think and think and spend the next three months doing that and getting boots on the ground so i'd love to see that but at this point we have a kind of a dream there so hopefully it'll um, come to fruition uh, well, have you got the assays back yet for that four thousand meters um of drilling at far east yes so uh, we press released that i think in june um 
could show you all the results. Sorry, I should have. I no, should be. Okay. I, I should be abreast of all your drilling results. Uh, well, you know, it hasn't been an exciting time to put out results. So no. we also took the opportunity to stop drilling and think when um, no one really cared about drill results. So it's it's okay. It has been a, a tough market that way. So this is the, all the results for Far East. Um, yeah. You know, I mentioned when we when I got excited was when we hit this with the um, 500 grams over. 3.3 meters. That doesn't stress me out that it's over such a small amount because we see that in the Goliath deposit where, you know, we'll get quartz veining when we have a really good intersection between the, in those shoots. And, and then the low grade halo will actually deplete and we'll get a really high grade uh, sample like this. So to me, it says, oh, we have the potential for shoots here. Um, we have 600 meters with that kind of, um, geology that we see, the right mineralization, it looks the same, and we've kind of defined the, the package. Um, and then the, the first priority is to test around the high grade that we intersected and see if we can actually define a shoot. Uh, and then also see if the strike length continues. Goliath itself is a kilometer and a half footprint. Yeah. So we've got about a third of that footprint defined here. Goliath's a million ounces. I'm hoping that we we have the same kind of footprint here, but we'll be able to define that and specifically target the higher grade portion of this rather than the halo. Well, congratulations. That's a that's a great result to come up with in a in an early stage campaign. You know, nine meters at 17 grams or 0.3 at 500. It's um a success. It, it's it's a start of something for sure. I. I learned by repetition. Um, can you repeat for me the kind of the work plan that you've got kind of going forward now, um, both at the resource level of the existing within the known envelope of mineralization at Goliath and Goldland and Miller, and also um, uh, on the on the kind of regional exploration place. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll start with the resource. So the work on, is is ongoing for the PFS resource, integrating the silver results that we got and the last couple of drill holes that weren't included in the PFS resource. Those will be brought in. Um, that work has already begun, uh, and, and then we'll we'll go on with the additional studies. Um, kind of any additional work that came out of the PFS that needs to be fine tuned for a construction decision, and that will be wrapping up kind of late next year so that we can have a construction decision by the end of the year. On the geology front, we have done a bunch of homework, um, boots on the ground kind of work, mapping, prospecting, relogging core, um, looking at the regional stratigraphy, all of that to tie into our exploration targets. We've highlighted the top three being the fold nose for a high grade kind of shoot potential, the far east to be another Goliath, um, and interlakes to be another folded area where there could be high grade um, load gold system. We have a plethora of other targets as well. So now we have a full resource pipeline. You always wanna have targets that you're defining for resource, but then the next one's coming up and coming up so that you don't kind of run out of, of things to bring into your mine plan. Um, and that's a very typical approach of a, of a Barrick and a Newmont. And, and you know they use that same approach that we are. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll continue. Sorry, Constantine, what's, what's the work plan for um, Fold Nose, Far East and Interlates, those three? So for, for Fold Nose, we've begun drilling follow-up targets based on the work we did with Mira Geoscience, the mapping and, and um, field work that we did and relogging. So we're testing high-grade shoots. Um, from the 3D inversion, we also defined 
different fault orientations, and we've been testing those. Um, we'll just do a small program there, learn from those results, integrate them into the model, and then go back and, and see what should be tested, what shouldn't. Um, so, so, so that's a few thousand, so that's a few thousand meters, and you're going to kind of do that in the next month or two. Exactly. We've begun now. We have a handful of holes left. I think about four or five more to do there. Um, we're prepping to go into the far east. Um, it's a more wet area, but um, unfortunately, we already saw some snow today, this morning. So we're getting colder. So we'll be ready to go back out into um, into that area and begin drilling those targets, testing the strike length there to see if we have a footprint as big as Goliath, but but hone in on the high grade shoots define them as quickly as possible and see if we have a core there that we wanna go after. Um, in conjunction with that, we've begun planning drill holes that we'd like to test on interlakes based on the um, geophysical work, the prospecting and mapping that we did. Um, and we're creating a trail. So there's ne never been any drilling up in that, that barely folded area. So um, creating a first trail to get in there and to be able to drill those drill targets. So that's kind of our, our work plan for now. And going into 2023, we plan to, based on the results from, from the first pass on Far East, we'd like to continue to drill off Far East and hope to have a resource on the Far East in the new year. Good. Well, it looks like you're going to need to get your... Um your your winter clothes out and um go and go and look at some already <laughs> yeah <laughs> um fantastic every time i think about uh moving to canada i always think of oh the weather um well go to vancouver or something it's not snowing there yet but we are in the north, so, yeah <laughs> it's all right it, it's all right uh i remember the kind of the vancouver um friends of mine laughing when they came to the came to the UK and when, when we get a heavy um bit of rain, what people do in the in, in the UK, for example, is they come to they shelter under a tree or under a bit of a building because the that rain will pass. And they say if you do try that in Vancouver, you'll kind of die of starvation because you could be there kind of a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it rains quite a bit. Yeah. Those anyway, beautiful sunny days, it's great. <laughs> it is what a wonderful place. Um, Maura, thank you so much. Um, it's really interesting seeing what your plans are. Good luck with the drill bit. Keep exploring and keep discovering stuff. And I look forward to seeing the PFS when it comes out, hopefully in a month or two. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Merlin. It's been lovely chatting with you.